Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Listening to the Love Doctors. Call toll free 1 877 927 6969. This is Real Radio 943 on the Treasure Coast, tuned to 1017. Hi, and welcome back to the program. D A N O at iHeartMedia.com. That's the email address. And as always, we implore you to download the iHeartRadio app so that you may be caught up on all the information that we have loaded for you. Also at RealRadio943.com, Operation Stormwatch continues as we constantly update areas, information about power outages, etc. Right. Uh, As we've been following the news nonstop, for those of you with power, you've been uh, you've been watching the watching the news. Uh, We've got a hell of a tale to tell here momentarily. Uh, For those of you that don't have power, that have been listening to the radio, you've heard us talk about uh, some of the stranger sides of Hurricane Irma and mm-hmm. some of the odd things that have taken place during this. It's just a weird storm, the whole thing, the whole vibe. The Absolutely. Whole, uh, and a lot of lives turned upside down, uh, one of which was somebody we talked about. Uh, his name is Steve, and we're going to welcome Steve. We've dubbed him Scuba Steve to Real Radio. Hi, Steve, and welcome. You're on the air. Hello. Steve. Uh, hey, Steve. Steve, it's a pleasure to have you on the air with us, my friend. And... Uh, How's things going? <laughs> well, so first, I want to thank you for having me. Sure. Um, and, you know, things are, are rough for me. A lot of other people have it rougher. Uh, you know, I, I went through some things. Other people are going through all kinds of stuff. So, you know, I just want, I came on to set the record straight about, you know, what I'd heard. Well, that's that's you know, that's you know. why that's yeah. why we've reached out to you, Steve. And, and, and from the bottom of our hearts, thank you very much. We're, we're here to yes. set the record straight. I know you probably feel like you were misrepresented throughout this whole ordeal. Again, thanks for the time to set the record straight. We'll try and be as succinct as possible about what happened to you. What a tale, man. Yeah, um, you know, I'm Captain Steve from from uh, a company that, you know, little bitty privately owned family or, or organization, Funbo Reynolds, Florida. And that, that, that yes, down here in the, in the uh, Holloway area, you know, it's pretty big time because everybody has a good time on my boat. And, you know, as a, as a shipboat captain, you realize a couple of things. One, you always have to have insurance. Sure. Two, you, you're going to run into hurricanes sooner or later. Yep. And three, uh, you, you're going to have to depend on people to help you out in certain situations. And, you know, some of those things failed on this. Some of them didn't. Um, one of the things that failed me uh, was, um, you know, as an example, I ran into a situation where time constraints held me back on using my vessel evacuation plan such that the bridges closed at 12 noon several days in front of okay. the hurricane. All right. How are you going to go out of the inlet and how are you going to evacuate when, when those bridges are closed and there's no assets for the for the Coast Guard. Yeah, no yeah, way you, to get out at that point. And you've got a sailboat, Steve, with the, with a mast, so you that's why you couldn't get out from underneath the bridge, correct? Uh, well, no, sir. I have a 20-foot 
clearance on a on a powerboat vessel, and that's why. It comes oh, out. okay. Bigger profile, actually, a bigger profile for the wind than a than a sailboat when they take their sail down. But yeah, I had the same problem that your typical sailboat has. Right. And in fact, uh, one of the things, uh, you know, keeping as succinct as I can, mm-hmm. I like to go into details. I'm a scientist during the week. I, I worked at Biedemann, uh MedTech, which is a you know design company for um, osteopathic surgery, and during the week. You know, working working there, you, you don't think about stuff like this, but you do make a plan, and, and, you know, they're very reactive. Companies are always reactive to their employees to get them out of harm's way, and everybody was taking precaution, including myself. And I ran into a situation where the boat was slipped, you know, because I take my party charters out on the weekend, and I do take dive people out. Cool. Um, have more than one vessel I can, I can accommodate. But I have... Uh, you know, a homeowner association president who's asking everybody to, to evacuate their boats from the docks that we pay for. Mm-hmm. Now, that's kind of a conflict of interest for a person that's going to hunker down and try to try to keep their boat there and not get out in a hurricane when you're sure. told to leave the dock. And yet, you know that, that everybody in, in, in the industry knows charter boat insurance doesn't cover hurricanes down here. Oh, really? Um, okay. I didn't yeah. know that. I, I was not aware of that. That's not good. Uh, so, let me, so, let, so, let, so let me ask you this question, Steve, if you don't mind. We'll go back and forth. I've got a lot of questions. I know uh, Glenn does, too. Yeah. Uh, but you're telling me that the, the Homeowners Association told you guys to get out and clear out the docks, hunker down, but the bridges were closed, so you were sort of in limbo there. You, you couldn't, get under, you couldn't yeah. get under the bridges, right. but they wanted your boat out from the marina and it slipped. Yeah. Exactly. And where are you going to go? Well, I, I just hightailed it up. You know, I mean, some of those bridge tenders that I went past, you know, they saw me, one of the ladies, and I, I remember the little town I went through, um, you know, ex- escaping. But what she did was she 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 saw me hit the turbos, and, and she all she did was say, hey, I don't think you should hit those, but hey, do it. You know, in other words, you've got to get out of here. Right. It's okay to break the law at this point, because right. you're not supposed to, you know, do those kinds of speeds inside, but yeah, no wake um, what? Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so you know, one of the things I heard, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to waffle back and forth because it was very traumatic. It's still very fresh in my mind. I don't like to go back and think about the wind howling at me and hitting me in the head. Those were strong. But, you know, I, you know, I, would, I just want to plug people that helped me. And there, you know, maybe, maybe the overall picture of what this thing was all about was to bring people together because there's a lot of division in South Florida. You know, there's a lot of people that... You know, I want this money and I want that money, and we, you know, there's enough money for everybody, but some people get in the way of other people. So maybe that's what now. Maybe that's why this thing happened to bring us together. There's some people I need to plug. Like, I wouldn't be alive now, except for Larry, Carlos, Karen, and Tony. And Tony's right right here with me, Mr. Warmer. I mean, these people saved my life. The guys that you saw in that video, I didn't get to see it. I was at the shelter with the cops and the and the, and the fire department. And the EOs. We were all hunkered down. All the all the people were worried because we had no power at the facility. You know, at the shelter, the, the generators failed. The things pounding at us, and you know, we're all human. Even the cops were in there with us, going, "I don't know if we're going to make it through this." Wow. You know, okay. We didn't know where those tornadoes were coming. Sure. Right. Right. Yeah. Th- right. That's that's the one thing about these storms is they're completely mm-hmm. unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Now you you find yourself you're you're in a situation where you were did you leave the boat? Is that what had happened? Uh, and, I, I stay. I, yeah, I stayed with my vessel until the last possible moment. The uh, the vessel I illegally tied up, except for the fact, I mean, I say illegal, you're not supposed to tie up the channel markers. I would never do that. I've never done that. But somebody came by the day before and cut my plow anchor line. Oh, and uh, you can't make it. What? Stand forth, what doesn't do anything for you. A plow anchor, 
Yeah, you got something, but he he ran by. Well, explain for those that don't understand, if you don't mind, Steve, explain what the plow anchor is. Yeah, good idea. Yeah, plow anchor is a very heavy piece of equipment that's designed with a with a sharp point and a rowing mechanism that goes down into the media at the bottom when it hits the bottom. Okay, it digs now, into the point, bottom, right? Yes, sir. It, yeah. It's right in the bottom. People people pay divers to bury them for them before a hurricane. Uh, you can't do that if you're at a dock, obviously, sure. unless you get special permission from the owners, which they would never get. Right. Now, if I could go back to the Homeowner Association just for a second. Sure. She, I got into it with her when I got back because I didn't feel I should have been told to leave. But here's the reality. She hugged me and we kissed when we were done you know, she, she, because she realized the trauma that I'd gone through, and she realized that all the other boaters went through the same thing, and she didn't want that to happen. She was worried about the building, and she was told to say by the board what she said. In other words, evacuate. Right. Now. They told her to say that to they you and tell everyone. They told her to say that. So, you know, I want that clear that she's not, you know, no. I, I No, let me get back to what you were saying. Now, the Danforth anchor uh, versus the plow, well, the Danforth, is, we all use that here in South Florida because we all like going to the sandbar, getting cocktails for the clients, and let them... It'll pull you right across the sandbar. It doesn't dig in. It's it's not invasive to anything. It doesn't do anything for you, though, when you're out in these kinds of winds, and I knew that. And I had a special harness built specifically for uh, emergencies just like this one. It was built at Sailor Man in Fort Lauderdale. It's been there forever by a guy named Falcon. And I'm going to go hug him as soon as they open back up and I can get over there and give him a hug. Good oh, for you, man. There, there's a lot of people, it sounds like, that you want to be hugging. Uh, let's set this. Let me set this, picture. Set this what, picture. What, what, yeah. si- what size boat? Were, were, what, what size is your vessel? What size is the boat? Well, for insurance purposes, it's real short. And for party purposes, it's real long. <laughs> 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 we understand, That's Steve. It's right at fifty foot okay. the LOA, but you know if you look at it in terms of uh, what the what the original design of the boat was, I think it was forty three to forty five in there somewhere. All right, and you okay. have a, and you have a flybridge on top of this boat uh, that has yeah. a twenty foot clearance, decks. two decks. Right, there's three decks. There's three decks on the boat. You got the uh, the berth down there with the galley, the right. bedrooms, you know, kids' bedroom, main bedroom, bathroom, all that. Then you have the second deck with which is where uh, people party a lot. It, you know, it's where the um, I got a split girl front end is what I call it. You can walk straight down from the from the wheelhouse down into the front of the boat. You don't have to go around like most most yachts and Right. So okay. So you don't have to climb down the ladder through the back into the cockpit and then walk up the gunnel and around to the front. Exactly. You go straight down, and that's how I'm able to do everything by myself if I need to do it. And that you know, I, I begged some of the mates that worked for me to go with me, and they said they had to evacuate, and I understood. So I, I said, well, I'll just do it on my own. I have another vessel that was going to follow me. The guy didn't feel comfortable going in the weather, and I understood. I said, don't worry about it. We'll just tie it down and see what happens. Got and it. I got into it with the lady over that end. So you can see the conflict of interest between the two of us. And, you know, like I said, we, we, we got into a match, uh, you know, yesterday because I finally made it back, and I, my house was not taken care of. You know, when I got back there, that was sad. Lost the vessel. You know, hadn't seen my son for seven, about right at seven days. Next wife was being very, very understanding about it, um, and I, 
you know, so they got to a shelter right away. Sure. Okay. Uh, so in, in the hurricane, but 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 let's get let's get back to where you were. You, now you're in limbo. They say, look, the HOA says you can't have your boat tied. You can't have the vessel tied up here right. in the marina, and the bridges are all right. now closed. Now you've got the vessel underway, and you're thinking, what the hell am I going to do? Somebody has cut your plow anchor, so you have really right. no way to stabilize your vessel, and you're rocking and rolling in 80 mile an hour winds. That's correct, sir. You have your dive gear on the boat. I'm sure everything else was pretty much uh, tied down. You didn't have any rods or reels out there. I'm almost assured of that. And uh, you're thinking about the safety, your safety first and foremost, but the vessel too, and that's what a good captain does. How in the world did you end up in the water with your dive gear on? Well, I tied up up that channel marker, which is not something I've ever done, but I realized that, that that harness, it has, you know, stainless steel carabiner at the end of it that's huge. It's got the, the line that Belkin had tied for me. It splits to one cleat and the other. I have a, you know, I can, I can, Tony can send you a picture of it if you want him to email you one. He can, he can do that. But what it did was um, it, it, it saved me completely from what happened eventually. In other words, um, crashing into the, crashing into that seawall at I don't know how many knots, but the, Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The, um, the harness, cleat to cleat, joins past, you know, the, the, the front of the boat to a single line that goes to that carabiner. I threw two wraps around that, that piling. Um, you know, I don't know if I should be saying this because the Coast Guard's probably digging well. you know, all over it right now. But the reality is I had to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I mean, choice. look, look. extreme circumstances create extreme measures, and no you doubt. did that. Right. You're trying to save not only your life, but the vessel, too, because the last thing right. you want to do is dump all that fuel into the into the river, right. sure. Right. Exactly. Okay, so you got the boat You got the boat tied up now. You're tied up to the piling, yeah. and then what What? And, here, and what was your decision? I was there for over a day on that on that particular, you know, mile marker, or excuse me, uh, channel marker was 37 right there at the Blue Heron Bridge, coming from where I got cut, the, the uh, line cut on the other side, uh, you know, further south. So I went north, and there were a bunch of boats tied up there. They all had really nice positions, and most of them were uh, sailboats. There were a bunch of power boats too, but and secure. I to get in there with them, and that's exactly where that particular channel marker was. And I said, well, I'm close enough. You know, this is going to work out. I'm with them. Uh, if I can get one more line around it, I'm going to be all right, I think. You know, I'll, I'll do the best I can do with this. So I stayed there for better part of another half day, and that's when those, you know, 50-plus started. The, the, the wind at that, you can tell when that mist comes across the water how fast that is. And it started coming, and I was at the front of the boat because I wanted to see if that line was fraying. The, the single line past the uh, the two cleats has to run over the front of your boat. And mind you, you're on the bow of a boat. You've got 60-mile-an-hour winds bearing mm-hmm. down on you. That mist is flying oh, yeah. across there, and you're tied to a channel marker. You're already sketchy about that. I sure. know that for a fact. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. okay, so what happened at that point? At that point, I looked at that at a couple of those, and my eyeballs got stung, and I said, you know what, I think I'm going to go back to the back of the boat 
the stern of the boat, get the dive gear ready, and see if I have some. I knew I, I wasn't going to survive if I didn't have dive gear. Yeah. What I did was I put the dive gear packed together. I got that eye float ready to go with two things, my cell phone and my wallet. I put those in a drive box. Um, and, you know, literally had everything ready to go, laid down in the back of the boat. As I walked back, I saw the shaking of the third deck. I call it the third deck. Some people say, you know, top deck. Some people say top. This is a hard top. You know, it's not a bim and it's hard top. Gotcha. It peeled off like a like an onion layer. It oh. peeled off in front of me and almost decapitated me. So what I did was I went right back down. I said, I've had enough. I'm going to put on the, the dive gear and get ready because I don't think that that spoiler can handle us. And the spoiler goes, the, the vessel's going to capsize. Mm-hmm. You go left or right. Even if you're the best captain in the world, if you fire those engines into that wind, like I was trying to do, if you do that and you and you, and you go left, right, even a one degree, it jerks you to that side and, and you go cartwheeling across, you know, and you're done. So what I did was I left it there, put grabbed the gear, grabbed the raft, and I jumped over as I watched that thing, you know, chew up that, that uh, spoiler. Okay. Jumped off the boat and I took my chances. It was the scariest moment. I knew I'd never see the vessel again if I did this, but I had to do it, and I j- and abandoned the vessel. Man. I abandoned the vessel. That wind caught the eye float uh, out there, and it's about a mile, mile and a half, uh, but you can't see the shore. You know, the, the one no. thing about people don't understand about hurricanes is they take the sun away. You can't see the sun. Mm-hmm. So and then your visibility was cut in half by the, all that misting and the rains, oh, right. too, and the winds. Right. Oh, trust me, you're in the elements. That. You're in the middle of a hurricane in an emergency. Yeah, and and the thing is, the thing is, I never got two feet under the water. I never got under the water the because I'm. If you've ever been freshwater skiing, I tried to explain this to my father back in Texas. I, it was dragging me so fast. I felt like I was water skiing, but it was I was on my tummy and it was dragging me. If I let go of that eye float, well, I'm not going to make it because you know, I'm going to be a piece of somebody's seawall. So I I use the eye float. You can steer like a like a sailing vessel with the eye float if you pull on one side and then the other. So I did that. Well, I didn't think anybody was there because they were all supposed to be evacuated, but thank goodness some of those people were there. There was a retired cop who's undercover, I believe, and I'm going to tell you his name is Carlos, but I'm not telling you any last name because he doesn't need to. That's know, fine. You mentioned Larry and Carlos and Karen and Tony, yeah. and they're all lifesavers. Now, this eye float that you're talking about, is that is that one of those flat mats that they use in rescues? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, yeah we saw that in the video all rolled up uh, when you came to the seawall. Yes, sir. It's got Kevlar in the middle between. There's blue on the inside. You know, clients like the color. The outside is pink, but that's the bottom. When you when you unroll it, the bottom is pink and the top is, is blue. Sure. And there's Kevlar. There's black Kevlar in the middle. I knew that Kevlar could possibly stop some stabbing instrument coming through in my chest when I hit the seawall, you know. <laughs> so I took that, got to the seawall, and, and thank goodness they were there. Now, the, the mayor had told all the people... It worked for him in Riviera Beach. If it gets over 50, don't go out there and rescue anybody. Just leave them. You know, they have to go for the best. And so these guys were civilians. And I just, like I said, I got to say Larry and and Carlos and Tony and Karen, they saved my life. And they dropped that. I'll never forget that blue rope coming down and me seeing that. You don't see it in the video how bad that was. But it threw me under the seawall two or three times, and the fourth time it hit my head twice. Well, we have we have we have the video. Not to interrupt you, Steve, we have that video up on our Facebook page. Uh, that was one of the first things we did was we posted yes. that video. This, this, we're talking about 
that was a it was a dramatic rescue. But you you do understand that people had a lot of questions. What in the world was that guy doing in the water with his full dive gear on during a hurricane? Yeah. I got to admit, when yeah. I saw that video, I thought that's got to be one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Why is a guy scuba diving in in the middle of a hurricane? We speculated that you were out looking for the lobsters walking, and 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 then and, and the better sort of the bet the better side of us kicked in. We didn't talk much about it. Some of the callers had some disparaging things to say about it. <laughs> yeah, but they did. That's just simply <laughs> no, because they didn't know. They didn't know. And and I could I can only imagine what it was like to be within those seas after what you went through offshore and to finally make it to the seawall in your dive equipment and you're like, that would be the worst part. That waiting, that last minute to get up over the seawall. Boy, you must have kissed that ground when you made it. No, no I not only that, I'm hugging those guys and you know, the police were told not to come, and they were you were fifty yards away looking at it all. But those guys risked their lives. They got you can't see it, but they got blown off the seawall. At that, and they came back, and they came back, and and they they gave me they gave me hope that they were going to actually save me when I hit the the seawall for the third time. And the, the the reality of the situation is that we all got together and talked about it, and they said they couldn't. They were just so glad that one of them was telling the other one, looking through the binoculars, that's not a person, that's a piece of seaweed. And the other one convinced, you know, I don't remember if it was Larry or Carlos was, was, was saying that, but uh, afterward, they, they had their binoculars. They said, no, 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 that's a guy, you know. Oh, they did go down there and thank good goodness Lord. they did. And what happened was um, I get back, the cops take me to the shelter. The shelter is being pelted. And like I said, the, 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 the generators failed. The engineers were trying really hard, but they were overheating because they electricity was off full time. So that's all power from generators or no power at all and we didn't have lights at the shelter. So I go in there, they're really nice people. Lady at the shelter is so funny. I gotta go back and visit her as well. You know, I don't live that close. I live in Davie, but I'm gonna drive back up there and I'm gonna thank everybody and get my eye float and everything. They still have it. But I gotta tell you something, man. I understand you guys people saying um, on New York reaction, Oh, what is he doing out there? Yeah. You're gonna have your you're gonna have your skin on and your and your dive vest you know any any anything you've got to to keep the cold water because you're gonna get a hypothermia if you do go deep you're gonna have that on anyway. I threw the pack on. I went over and I was thinking about what a lot of people do a bailout. You just throw the pack in the water and you put it on. I would have never made it. I'm just so glad I did what I did. Mm-hmm. It's the only way I lived through it. And those guys and all these people, you know, I can't, I have to give a shout out again to this guy at Settlement that did that harness for me, Belkin. He sewed that harness so tight, tight that I'm going to give you, I got to get your email so I can send a picture. You can see where the cleats were actually pulled out of the front of my boat before that line failed. I would with love to see that picture. I would love to see yeah. that. Now, picture. did your boat go to the bottom? Did your boat go to the bottom, or, or is it? No, no, it, it cartwheeled and and hit the the it hit the seawall. Seawall. Okay. The guy's residence, and he let me stay. I called one of his employees. Saw me at the property the next day. That works for him and, and checks on his property. And actually, um, you know, I don't know if I. Well, I, I'll tell you what else they do, but. They probably want to keep that. Nah, it doesn't uh, matter. Don't worry that, about that, it. That, that, that's an insignificant fact at yeah. this point. Scuba, oh. uh, at this point, Steve, you're you're a live man, and uh, we have a lot more information, uh, and we can actually answer questions legitimately about what happened to you. I, brother, I'm, I'm glad that those four were there, and I know that you owe Larry and Carol and Karen and Tony a nice big meal and some cocktails later when this is oh, all said you. and done, brother. But. Uh, that's I'm 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 glad you're okay. How did yeah. you know? And I hate to even say how did the how did the vessel make out after it was battered against the seawall? Well, it was it was a total loss. It's still there, and I've got to find a way. I'm a you know I'm a gold um, 
a gold member of Towboat. Good. And I'm, they've given me a quote, uh, but I'm not there to get the quote, and we don't have any internet uh, in Davie, and we have contaminated water. So I'm at a Red Lobster down there near near the boat, actually. That's a good place to be. Get there some of those go. cheesy biscuits. And oh, those oh, are good. I love those cheesy biscuits. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> a couple of beers, Steve. You you deserve it, man. Take a deep breath. You're still here. We're putting our things back together, but I can't thank you enough for spending time with us today yeah. uh, to talk about your harrowing tale. Uh, Hell we, of a story. We, we are all so glad that you're alive and that you've made it, and now we've got meaning behind the video that is posted on our Facebook page. So uh, with that, I say, brother, there's somebody up there looking out for you, man. Genuflect and have a beer. Oh, I appreciate it. And get the word out because I understand the knee jerk. I don't appreciate somebody saying what, you know, I'm told at the shelter, they, we didn't have any electricity. We haven't seen it, you know, but the, the, the person called me a moron or something like that. I'm, I'm like, dude, Again, he just didn't know. The only the only thing they were he was able the only thing he was able to go on was the fact that a couple of guys were on a seawall pulling out a, a diver. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they had no information behind it, but now we do, and, and we now understand. we know we understand those guys are heroes, and you are lucky to be alive. So, again, uh, that's a that's a hell of a wipe of the brow at this yeah. point. Okay, go home and kiss your wife, man. Take care, Steve. Thank you so much. Be right, well, my glad friend. Glad to hear your story. Thanks, Thanks, man. Thanks for checking in with us and sharing that tale with all of us. Yeah, wow. Scuba wow. Steve, everybody. Wow. You can hear that audio back. We'll uh, we'll post it for you at Real Radio 9, uh, 94.3 FM. That's our Facebook page. Yeah. And we'll get that up for you on the websites and uh, as well. It's another piece of what really can happen during a storm. Mm-hmm. That Guy was a, abandoned that, ship. That was incredible. He's one of the very few captains that, 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 well, I shouldn't say he's one of the few. Most of the captains I know, man, they will stay with that vessel until the end. And that was the time. When when you're almost decapitated, mm-hmm. that thing's falling apart in 68, 70-mile-an-hour winds. He knew what time it was. He knew it was time to leave. If he didn't yeah. have his dive gear, we may not have talked to Steve today. That's right. It very well may have happened, but uh, we're better for it. There you go. There's the answers, and it's uh, all courtesy of Real Radio. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.